Have you ever experienced something so crippling in your life that has made you feel broken? I have. Are you someone who has a giving heart but is struggling to feel good themselves? Are you consistently putting your needs aside to take care of everyone else? If so, you're not alone. Giving starts with giving to yourself so that you are able to give of yourself to other people. Isn't it time you took back control and discovered what makes you tick? Join me in my journey and find out how you can feel better about yourself, live your best life, and share that with others. Thinking of yourself, it doesn't make you selfish. It makes you brave. I'm Nelia, and this is the Giving Starts With You podcast. Welcome, everybody, to Giving Starts With You. I'm your host, Nelia Hutt. Today, I would like to welcome a friend of mine, Kyle Devine, to the show. Kyle is one of those people that I admire because I'll tell you why. He has turned um, traumatic experience into passion and into purpose and has changed the outlook of his life for him and his beautiful daughter, Kennedy. As far as I'm concerned, he is a remarkable man with a positive attitude and tons of strength and resilience. And I'm so happy that he's here to uh, tell us a little bit about himself. Hi, Kyle. How are you? Hey, hey, how are you? Yeah. So like that introduction, that was absolutely amazing. I just got a little bit tears. Aww. But, um, well, yeah, thank you for having me. And I, I'm here. I hope to really inspire some people. No, that's great. I'm so happy that you came. And, you know, I think that uh, our listeners are really going to learn a lot today. I think they're going to be proud of you. I think they're going to see how far you've come. And I really think they're going to learn a lot. So this is why I'm doing the podcast to have guests like you on here. So thank you for coming on. If you could just tell us a little bit about who you are, a little bit about where you come from. I know you've got a daughter. She's beautiful. She grade one. Yeah, no, she's going into second grade this year. She just got down to first grade, even through all this quarantine stuff. She made it like good job. Awesome. It's hard for kids. Yeah, it was, it's hard for parents to be a teacher <laughs> during, you know, a, a pandemic like this. Yeah, for sure. Mine's in grade eight, so I don't have to worry as much. But if he was younger, I don't know. I don't know. I think I'd be losing my mind <laughs> trying to get all the schoolwork. Yeah, it was. It, it, it's definitely a challenge, but we got done. We got through it. And I actually um, took kind of the opposite, the opposite as like, you know, I think maybe a lot of parents in this world right now. And I actually decided during this time, I would actually teach my daughter a few things about life. Like, you know, I made her, I was making her do, cause I was in the rise up challenge, Pete Vargas. And um, yeah, I, I'm so sure you were, you were in there with me. That's where I met you. But um, Yeah. So my daughter, I actually got her into doing like gratitude and making her list and family branding, like our last names and yada, yada, yada. So I actually took the time to, to teach her about real life things instead of just, which just school work, which I mean, I, I agree. Kids have to learn and, you know, learn how to be hard worker, but at the same time, some things I don't agree with because I'm an entrepreneur, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true. Like life lessons. Oh my God. They don't teach that in school. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Even meditation and stuff. They should definitely teach that in school. Like so yeah. many kids have, have uh, anxiety and it could help them and they're learning and yeah, just amazing. So I'm glad you've survived the homeschooling, though. Oh, uh, yeah, just barely. That was one of the hardest things in my life. <laughs> I'm just kidding. 
do you want to tell us a little bit about who you are, what your childhood was like? And Yeah, absolutely. So um, first off, get your tissues. Get your tissues. No, um, maybe. To me, it's just life. But to some people, it might it might hit home. But okay, so so I never had a father growing up. I never never had a father. I had a stepfather. But when I was, you know, I had my childhood, I guess it was kind of normal. I don't I don't really know because I, I blacked out a lot of my childhood because when, you know, traumatic things happen to you, you tend to black out those moments of your life. So when I was 10 years old, I remember um, I was, which I thought was normal. I was um, sexually assaulted or sexually abused. Uh, by one of my grandfather's friends, which is actually, it was a male, a male, and I am a male. And um, clearly, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> um, so it was one of my grandfather's friends. And, you know, that, you know, I was like, okay, this is, fan- this is a normal thing, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I remember he used to tell me, like, F the world, like, they don't need to know what's going on. I remember um, being in that, being in that room and he would just say, sit on my lap. And, you know, he would, I would just be sitting on his lap. And then, you know, he would just start touching me and yada, yada, yada. And, you know, it, it just, it was a very, it was a, it was a bad place for a child to be. But at the time I thought it was normal. And then randomly one day when I was about 10 and a half years old, my um I was getting my butt beat because back in the day again I thought this was normal <laughs> mm-hmm. but it was my my stepfather that I had he was whooping my ass and for some reason I just cry I, when I was in the middle of crying I was like oh I was I just got or I was getting touched yada 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 and he's like no that never he was like you're lying that never happened this is my stepdad you know, beat me, beat me a little bit harder because he thought I was lying. And then six months later, and not, I don't even think it was six months later, maybe, maybe it was six months later, he actually walked in on that happening to me. He actually walked in on that happening to me. And I remember it. All he said was, go to bed. He said, turn off the light, go to bed. He made that, that guy go to bed out in the living room because it was one of his friends where he drank beer with you know he was an alcoholic so he just drink 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 and I was just a almost 11 year old boy and he said go to bed yada yada he said just go to bed and he went to bed I went to bed next day things went pretty crazy my mom found out she got really pissed she started beating my stepdad up, which is pretty crazy. She's a tough lady. Good for your mom. Yeah, she's a real tough lady. And, you know, that kind of started my childhood. That was really, like, one of the bad foundational moments. Like, it was a foundational moment, but not in a good way. Right. And, right. Yeah, and then... I'm glad that your mom believed you. Yeah, well, she didn't really know. She didn't really know what to believe, like it was really hard. Like she, I don't know. I don't even remember if she heard about it, but then then she found out the next day, like, or when it actually happened, she, I told her and she freaked out. And then, 
you know, I, I we went to, I remember going to the police station and, and all that stuff and filing stuff. And anyways, so that was just a part of it. And then throughout my childhood, I was, you know, my ass was beat, obviously, like, I thought that was normal. But I do remember, like, um, I just remember my stepfather, who I, I just remember when my, my sisters, they were his children. Me and my brother, we were not his children. We were his stepchildren. So I remember, like, they would get Burger King and McDonald's. They would get it, but we wouldn't get it. Like, me and my brother would not get it. Oh. Like, we were kind of like, you know, maybe we were kind of left out. And I and I feel like that grew into my adulthood, and I kind of looked at females in a different way. And, like, not like I love females. I don't disrespect females because I grew into it. Like, I figured it out. But I'd, I'd look back at it, and that's kind of why I, I'm a little bit intimidated or maybe I look resent them a little bit because of, you know, my childhood and being, like, treated less so anyway so 10 years old very insightful for you to put those two things together because it sounds like i think you're right like maybe that is where it came from like all those absolutely Mm -hmm. i believe i i think it is honestly i think it really is um because i i feel like at a young age is really pivotal it's a it's like a it's our foundation and what we're, what we're taught at the young age and whatever we go through, we think is normal until we figure out that it's not. And that took me 27 years, honestly, like, um, and then it, but before I got to where I am now, I'm going to backtrack to like, um, I'm going to skip a few years. So after that happened to me getting, um, you know, I went through poverty, a lot of poverty, a lot of, you know, going having high, going to playing high school sports, and my mom, I love her to death. She was she was a very hardworking lady, and she would always be working hard, working hard, and working hard. But she wouldn't have gas to come to our sporting events. She wouldn't have gas to come get us from practice. We'd have to walk two miles home, mm-hmm. and that's really crappy. But I don't think it. I truly believe I don't. I don't even believe it was my mom's fault. I don't even believe it was my stepfather's fault. I believe it's just how they were raised. You know, that's just, that's what I believe. That's what I I feel like I know because I don't believe that there's really bad people in this world. I just think that we're not taught or just, we just, it's how we're raised when we're, when we're younger, it's how we're going to raise our kids if we choose to. So I get to, um, you know, after my heart, my um, childhood, my younger years, they were, were living on farms and lived, literally lived all over. I, I, I don't even know what high school or elementary school I went to. I went to so many different ones because my stepfather did the farming life because he had like felonies and stuff. He couldn't get jobs. So he farmed. And then in, a, in our small towns, they would um, give us a home if he did the work. So he'd farm work and then he would come home and just drink 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 he would just drink and i remember as a child and this is it really i i thought about this yesterday to be honest that's why i'm going to bring it up but i remember as a um child how many times i got into the vehicle how many times we got into the vehicle as us there was four kids how many times we got in the vehicle when he was hammered drunk driving and that just and i'm like 
And that just makes me really feel like I'm thankful that I'm here and that we're all still here. Mm. And he got numerous DWIs, um, never had license. I remember one time getting pulled over and my brother was like 13 or 14 at the time. And he was actually driving because my stepfather was so drunk. Um, yeah, just getting our asses beat. And then I remember like bits, bits and pieces. So I remember bits and pieces. So um, mm. yeah, I remember when he, right before he went to prison for like a four years or whatever, which after that things got a little bit better in our childhood. But um. I remember he went to prison and like he started getting like starting offering my brother like you know cocaine some drugs he never offered me them that I can remember I don't that I remember I mean he offered me beer and stuff when I was like 13 but um then I just remember him being just completely mean like telling everybody like my sisters and my mom they were fat and they like he was just you know wired out on all them on all those um the cocaine and whatnot so then he went to prison. He was gone for a while. Things got started to get better more clearly. Like it was just us. We got closer with our mom. Um, you know, I got to spend some time with her. Even though she's, even though she's a hard worker, she worked her ass off. Cause like she had us young, like 16 years old, she had to drop out of high school. So, you know, so she just really worked, worked really hard. So, then I get to high school after all that stuff happened to me as a child. And then I actually got bullied for being molested by a male through high school. So how did people find out then? Like, how did that happen? Because my, um, I think my brother told one of his friends or something like that. Somebody heard and then I don't really know. I don't know what happened. They found out. And... Yeah, and just I started getting bullied about that too. And I never really, I never felt, I never fit in because I always felt like I was an outsider because of what happened to me in my life, where I came from. I'm always like not beating myself up, but I literally thought like, I was like, whoa, I have like the worst childhood. <laughs> like I, I know I didn't because there's a little people out there that now I know that have way worse childhoods, but I'm like, is everybody like this? Does everybody like not eat dinner together as a family or hold hands with their parents or get hugs or kisses or stuff like that? Like, is that normal or, Mm -hmm. and again, I don't think that was my mom's fault or, or my stepfather's fault. I think that that was just their upbringing. They didn't, you know, so it's like, it's a cycle and and it has to be broken. You have, somebody has to break it. Yeah, I don't know if you've ever been told this, but I'm sorry. I'm sorry that that all happened to you. No, I've been told it, and I, it's fine. Like, honestly, like, it's it's my life because it happened to me for a reason. Mm -hmm. Well, I see you now, and despite all the things that you went through, you're here and you're rocking it, you know? Like, you took the best parts of the relationship with your mom and everything that happened and turned it into you know, it's such a great relationship with your daughter and you're doing things so differently with her. And I don't know her personally, but you know, Kyle and his daughter put out these videos and it's just so lovely to watch and their, their relationship. And, you know, and I can tell like you're putting in the work. It's amazing. And it's a struggle at times, to be honest, because like, like I said, you just, you're, you're, our, our brains are designed to go back to, 
our comfort zone, to go back to where we were, to go back to what we were doing before or as our child, as we were like how we were brought up. So sometimes I'll catch myself if I say this to my daughter, if I say this to my daughter or little sounds annoy me because like I remember my stepfather, little sounds would annoy him. If you put your feet in the back of a seat in a car ride, he would bitch. Like I, so like mm-hmm. certain stuff like that, I feel it. And I'm like, oh my God, I don't, that's not me. Oh, that's disgusted. I don't want to say that. And, and it's just little things like that happen. And that, so, um, yeah, I, I remember probably the most heartfelt moment for me and my mom is um, when I was like 16 years old and my stepfather kicked me out. He kicked me out with a bag. Like, I just took a bag of clothes. He didn't want me there anymore. He kicked me out. Yeah, so, yeah, 16 years old. That's when he That's when he got back. Like, he came back from prison. And that must have been, like, a year after, I guess, or so. I remember when I, I got kicked out. And then my mom had to bring me to, like, a friend's house. And I remember just breaking down, crying to each other, <laughs> like, hugging each other. That was our, like... That was an actual like emotional moment, and yeah, that was a very emotional moment. So, like, because she didn't want to do that to me, and I didn't want that done to me, but I didn't want to be there, and she didn't. And but now, cool thing is, is like now, my mom actually is not with him anymore. Things are better off now. Like, I go over there, I'll see him sometimes. I go to see her, like you know once in a while so they're still together no then? no no they're not together they're they live they're they're not she has a boyfriend now like they're not together okay they're not together anymore um honestly my mom like i thought my mom was a beast because like <laughs> a lot of people can't stop smoking that, that lady quit smoking cold turkey and i was like whoa <laughs> like, that's crazy so um yeah so she quit smoking cold turkey. Like I, I just remember that as a child too. So then I was bullied in high school about it, and you know, and that's not fun. Nobody, nobody deserves to be bullied about stuff that happened to him as a child. So I already felt different, but then I felt even more different. I felt like I was an alien. Like I was, I just, I'm different. Like I, even to this day, sometimes I feel that. And now though, now I've actually accepted, and now I accept that I'm different because I'm happy that I'm different. I don't want to be the same. Like, I'm glad that I am who I am. So then high school, um, I never, I never got went through high school because I had some, um, some health stuff that I went through. I, I never finished high school. So I dropped out of like 11th, 10th grade. I did get my GED. I cried that day that I got my GED because I did it myself. I had one of my friends bring me there. I did it myself. I got my driver's license myself. I went and got my hunting license myself. Like I figured out I can do things myself and I feel better when I do it myself. So um, then when I got older, when I got out of GED or whatever, (laughs) then I started to get into construction. And see, I never, my, my father, my stepfather was an alcoholic. I didn't know my real father. So I mean, I, all, all the time around alcohol, nonstop, alcohol, nonstop. All my uncles would come over, my dad's friend, my stepdad's friends, and, like, they would all come over and just drink alcohol and do some of their drugs or smoke their weed or whatever. That's that's what I was around all the time, and I didn't like that. I didn't, I didn't want that lifestyle. So I didn't do none of that stuff. So then I grew up as an adolescent, like, as 
getting into my adult years working construction and guess what i didn't do i didn't do all the drinking and construction i didn't do the drugs i want to um i'm not saying all construction workers are like that but a lot of them are because that's a hard-ass lifestyle hard life working construction 12 hours 14 hours 16 hours a day going to bed at nine o'clock at night to wake up at 3 a.m to wake up at 4 a.m that's hard on your body you need to do and that's hard on your mind your family life like that's so hard so that's that's how most a lot of construction workers are and i was one of the odd ones that didn't do all that and Mm -hmm. i didn't fit in so i was bullied even in the work world bullied through through work um you know called like an idiot dumb stupid like um picked on like i felt like like i was actually at one time i was peer pressured into doing some drugs and actually i did it just to say okay i won't tell you guys like whatever do your thing i'm here just to make money and so i was bullied i didn't like that lifestyle i didn't like being told what to do i didn't like being um bullied or talked down to or mistreated i like to be appreciated that was my one thing in life as i out of all of all the shit i've been through in life the only thing i've ever wanted was to be told like i'm proud of you just to be appreciated that is literally it that's all i've ever wanted in life is be thank you i appreciate you and i'm proud of you those are like my favorite things to hear i didn't get that didn't even get that in as far as i can remember even like in sports or anything like i just and if i did i blacked it out because i just didn't know maybe i didn't know how to um take it then i became an adult and then like when i was working construction i remember i came back to Binghamton and a girl like hit me up on Facebook. She was like literally two houses up. I was like, whatever we hung out. Well, it was not planned and a little oop, pop or, um, okay, I'm pregnant now, but like, I didn't know about that. See, it took like, um, she said it like one time to um, one of my friends and then she would take it back. Then she would say it, she would take it back. And then it took like a year. It took a year till my daughter was a year old and then I found out or I saw on Facebook she was trashing me on Father's Day saying happy deadbeat daddy day yada 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 people were sending me that I was like wait a minute what so I got to the bottom of it I um got a hold of her sister and I was like okay if I'm the dad I'm we're gonna go do a DNA test we're gonna figure it out I don't think I'm the dad because she said so many other people are the dad I didn't even see what my daughter or Kennedy looked like I didn't see what she looked like and then when I saw what she looked like my heart dropped I started crying so I immediately knew it was my daughter without the DNA test, but we got it anyways. We uh, Good for you. Thank you. We went through um court system, got it taken care of. The, the judge was like, if you sign this paper, you're going to be responsible for this girl for the rest of her life. I was like, that's fine. Because I, in the back of my head, I didn't have a father. I needed something to like hang on to to keep me alive because I wasn't out of that hole yet. I wasn't out of all that hole, like all that stuff that happened to me throughout my life. I wasn't out of there. I, I used to, I was so miserable and depressed that when I was working, when I was working in the corporate world, when I was working construction, I used to think to myself all the time, like, is this really what life's about? Like, is this really life? Like, if this is life, I don't want to be here. Like, if this is <clears throat> what it truly is, it's just waking up, going to sleep and just throwing your life away, just trading your time for money or or whatever it is and just 
being away from people all the time, the, the, this is what well, wasn't fun to me. So, um, and I also got involved into, in a relationship. Our relationship didn't work out, but I am so thankful for our relationship because she pushed me like she wanted, she pushed me to, to, um, see my daughter more. Cause see, I was always scared of like confrontation and being worthy. I was, I didn't like, I've never told anybody this, but I didn't feel worthy of being a dad. I didn't feel like I was good enough to be a dad. Like a hundred percent us. And I was running from it. I was, uh, I ran from it because like, I just, I didn't think that I, I was worth it. I didn't even, and this is really hard to say, but this is another thing I, I, I've thought about over time. Like, cause I know alcohol makes you feel good. I real like a, a deeper reason of why I didn't drink alcohol growing up is not just because a lot of it is because of, I see what it does to people and their attitudes change and yada, yada, yada. But I also can't enjoy alcohol because I didn't think I was worth it. I didn't think I was worth that good time, like to feel good. And that's, and that's real deep stuff. Like, yeah, it's sad. You know, it's sad hearing you say that, but haven't been where you've been, but um, you know, when my father died, my son, um, I was pregnant and my son, when he was born six months after my father died. Yeah. I'd been trying to have a child for 10 years. I've been married 24 years now and it wasn't working. Yeah. It wasn't working. It just wasn't working. So I had lost one and then I was waiting and waiting and, you know, no babies coming. And then when my dad was dying, my son was coming. So, um, it, so after my dad passed away, my son was born and I swear he saved my life. Do that. Absolutely. Yeah, like, so absolutely. Like I have so much stuff I can, oh, there's so much. But I'm so happy that you had that girl that you had the relationship with because sometimes we're so deep in our own crap that we cannot see, you know, we can't push ourselves forward. We all need a support system, you know? So the fact that she did that for you, I'm so happy because you do deserve to be a dad. And oh my God, like the stuff that, that I've learned from you, you know, already, like all the stuff that you're teaching your daughter and, and I hope to bring her on here because she's incredible come so far like it's so great you should be proud of yourself you really should i'm proud of myself it's just like it's crazy because like our relationship didn't work and like she didn't have her intention was like she wanted like a family so she was like just me you and your daughter run away like you know what i'm saying right, right. but i'm glad it happened and then i'm glad that like she left because like and, and things didn't work out because i remember i was on my knees when that relationship this was only two years ago mm -hmm. um when that relationship ended so i'm still kind of fresh at this like i'm still getting through some shit i'm still figuring out a lot of things you know what though we're all still trying to figure it out like nobody's got the all in your own time right oh i know <laughs> we, we, we always are and i and i figured and i learned that like you have a hundred percent track record of making it through the hardest times in your life. And you're, you're still here. So you're still going and, you know, and like, I remember being on my knees and this, this, this is like when I started to realize I was growing because I was on my knees, knocked down on my knees when she was, um, you know, going her separate ways and talking to guys and 
um, trying to find, fill in her voids and, and her holes with other people and, and fam- their families and stuff because her dad just passed away. She was trying to, she wanted family really bad. And I just wasn't there yet. I wasn't there today. I'm, I'm a lot more there now than I was two years ago, but that's how life works. And um, I remember being on my knees crying and I couldn't breathe because I felt so heartbroken, but I realized it wasn't even about her. It was being abandoned as a child. It was being, you know, not believed when I was sexually abused or just being abandoned. Like that's what I felt abandonment. And that that's what I felt. Cause I mm-hmm. cried for every relationship all through school. Like if I dated a girl, we broke up. Even if it was a week, I would cry like a baby because I would cling on because I wanted to be loved. Cause I just don't know what it was like, you know, I didn't, didn't know what it was like just recently. Yeah. So when I did get, when I did get out on my own, like I was selling, selling marijuana, weed, I was selling weed. I was really good. I was getting good at it. I was really good at it. No, I really am. Like I, I got too good at it. So I'm a social butterfly. So I talk to people for attention. That, that, that was originally what I was doing. I talked to people to take my mind off things. I like to make it, make it, everybody's eyes on me to like take my mind off of what's in my mind. If that even makes sense. That, that's my escape is like being the center of yeah. attention because I didn't get the attention, you know? And so I, I sold some, some weed and, and stuff. And I got into that like party life a little bit when I was like 19, I think. 18, 19, just drink till I can't feel myself just to, cause I, I did have like that part. I did. Cause like my friends are like, dude, you're weird. Why don't you drink? So then I would drink. Cause if I drink and I would drink like a bunch of alcohol. So I did for a little bit drink and I sell weed and it was getting out of hand because I got too many people too quick. And I was, I wasn't my thing. I don't know how to, I don't know how to make money. I, and sell things. I just didn't know how to sell things like on the street. So I, one time I had somebody come up, come up, up in the house with a knife, put a knife to my brother's throat after my brother just got out of the Marine Corps, put a knife to his throat, ran in, robbed me. Like that happened like three times. And there was one time I came home and I had a knock on my own door. My brother was up there. He answered the door. He had a gun to his head. I was like, this has got, I, I took it as a joke because I, did um I smoked I did smoke marijuana that day, I I didn't like it because it gave me anxiety when I smoked it. So um I smoked it that day and I was just feeling like okay this is surreal. So I took it as a joke. So I took a lot of things as a joke for some reason. And um I walk up in there. My brother was, had a gun to his head. I was like yeah right, dude. This is one of your friends. That's a paintball gun. Yada yada yada. Then he got pretty serious about it. He made me, the guy made me get down on my face. He took all our cell phones. He took everything, like a quarter dropped out of my pocket. He took it. And um, I remember this guy, because I literally seen the guy on that, that day walk on my street. And he looked right at me. Because when I got to the house, he's like, you remember me? I was like, oh, yeah, I've seen you today. <laughs> and, um, but anyway, he put me on my on my face. The other two, like my brother and my friend, they were standing, but me, I was flat down on my face with a gun in the back of my head. And because he, I was obviously the target. 
and I figured out what, what I figured out why that happened. I'll tell you that in a couple seconds. But um, so my brother and my buddy that mm-hmm. that I was with, um, they looked at each other. My brother already had a kitchen knife out. He threw the kitchen knife because you know he want he was gonna stab the guy. He was in the Marine Corps, but my brother did like um, shrooms or whatever psychedelics. So he his depth perception was off, and he'll 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 tell you that. So it's not funny, but I gotta laugh with what you just said. <laughs> no, but it's crazy because like I'll tell you. But um, my brother and my friend, when I was on my face, I looked up with my eyes, and I could see them. They looked at each other. They nodded each other's head. They bum rushed the guy. My brother picked up the knife. He went. Um, they tackled the guy, but the the door was kind of open. It was open and. The door did is it, it um, swung open right in front of the window, so they could they didn't fly out the window. Thankfully, because somebody would have been dead because we were like two stories up. But um, the door stopped them, and I was getting up. My brother was standing up real quick. Right. Um, got like down on like one knee. He was up in the air. He went to boom, stab the guy, and he went to stab the guy in the um, the the testicles, and. Because his depth perception was off because of the the um, psychedelics that he took, he actually the guy had a Cavalier vest. The guy had a bulletproof vest on. We didn't know about that, and, and end up taking that kitchen knife and and um actually bent it into a complete horseshoe. So when that went, when that when they when they got up, I was starting right. to get up because I was going to punch a guy in the jaw or something. I don't know what I was going to do. I was punch a guy in the jaw and just hit him as hard as I could and hope he falls. And, um, so when, when I was going to stand up and they, as soon as they hit that door, uh-huh. boom, the bullet went off. It missed my head by six inches. Like, I went right back to the ground. My ears were ringing. I was just making sure my brother was okay. Cause he just got shot in the military like a year ago. I was like, Oh gosh, he got shot again. That was my first instinct, but he was good. He threw a hammer down the stairs, hit the guy in the back. The guy kept on going. Uh-huh. I went out on the porch and um, I went out on the porch, looked over, and the guy was pointing his gun. He was running sideways. He had a, it was a Tech Nine submachine gun. I had a, a bat. I went down, ran across around the block because I was going to find him. I was going to hit him in the bat because I thought it was it was going to happen. But I honestly ran around the block because I knew I wasn't going to catch him if I ran that that way. I didn't want to be behind him because <laughs> he had a gun. He had a gun, so we never found him. Never found him. Um, they, oh, they, sounds terrifying, though. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. The cops came, yada, yada, yada. We called the cops. We didn't say nothing about um, about what, what we, why he was there or whatever, that we had, um, you know, a little bit of, of weed and a couple, mm. a few dollars. And whatever, he got all of it. Um, he didn't get a lot, but we went to the police station. We got interrogated were just pressured me really hardcore and they're like um yeah so we know what you're doing and this is like this is your opportunity to stop it and i stopped it and i never went back oh good so this was like your wake-up call yeah i never went back ever um completely stopped um you know selling marijuana and never went back to it. And then I, I found out who, what happened to me and who's, who sent the guy there. I actually, cause I was, you know, I was young and I was looking, I just liked having attention. 
So I actually like um, had a little fl- a little fling with a girl from Denny's, a waitress. <laughs> right. Her ex boyfriend was a um, druggie. He was like a heroin addict. Okay. And his his uncle died. His uncle died, and left him like a hundred thousand dollars or something like that. He sent this dude to my house with a gun. The guy didn't know there. Was, the dude didn't know there was a gun in the bullet or a bullet in the gun. Oh wow. The cops. That cops actually said it was um. It was a misfire. They 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 figured it was a misfire, and it was um, I think it was like a German gun with an American bullet in it. Wow, you got you were lucky. So it actually misfired. Yeah, so it actually misfired, and um, I never caught the guy. But isn't it isn't it funny that these crazy moments are the moments that are like snap you out of what you're doing? Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> it's like okay. Uh, I've had enough excitement. Let's just yeah, change we, things up, right? We we took a we took a bus to like a, a different city, and we literally w- walked to our um our grandparents' house before they pa- before they both passed away. We walked to their house like over the mountains. We hiked like over the mountains because we were just like we want to get out of here. We're done. Like right. we wanted out of that, out of the city life. And we just walked through some mountains over ant hills and stuff, and that was crazy. Like, <laughs> my brother was, like, so that was just, that was one of the crazy times. And like, so I'm like, yeah, I'm here for a reason. That was before I knew about my daughter. Yeah, I didn't even know about my daughter yet. That was before the fact. <laughs> even um, one time, even working construction. I remember working construction, and I was driving my car on the highway. I got on my cell phone. Um, texting or, or checking Facebook and I was doing like 70 and I looked down at my phone. I was driving a little Subaru. I looked up, looked down, looked up. There's all of a sudden I'm going over a knoll on the highway. There's a guy in front of me and I almost hit the back of him. I didn't want to hit the back of him. So I really quickly swerved my car to the left and the wheels came off the ground a little bit. So I swerved it back to the right and that steering wheel, or then I swerved, swerved to the left, swerved it to the right. And then like it got a little wobbly, so I think I, I swerved it. Yeah, I swerved it back to the left. The steering wheel just completely ripped out of my hands, and I went straight at seventy miles per hour into a guide rail. Oh wow! But when I tell you, but I when I tell you I went into a guide rail, it's a crazy thing because Ooh. if you're ever driving to New York from Pennsylvania, headed um, north on eighty eighty one north, um, there's a welcome center to New York. And literally, this is where it happened. Right across that, right across from there, they just they just put new construction, like guide rails, like new guide rails in, because it's like a, it's like a it's a big hill, it's like a, it's a big mountain, kind of, like it would okay. do some damage. So when I crashed, I literally hit the very first guide rail, the very first one. And if it was a second before that, I would have went down the hill, got like probably. 50 feet of air and I would have been dead. I would have went into some trees. If it was a sec, if it was a second later, um, as soon as I got out of my car, as soon as like literally my car was totaled, the music, it was Jason Aldean. That, that was, it was still planted. My CD didn't even skip. That was crazy. But um, I didn't get a scratch or nothing. As soon as that happened, I literally got <laughs> out of the car and I put I popped my trunk. And as soon as I popped my trunk to get my construction vest, it wasn't dark yet. It was almost dark. It wasn't dark. It was, I literally got out at like five o'clock. Um, I was the last one out. So nobody seen me crash. And, um, 
a big tractor trailer goes by. So if it was a second later, when I was sideways, I would have got hit by the tractor trailer. I would have rolled, I would have rolled, 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 rolled. I would have been dead. Wow. And I, and I walked away. I got out. I didn't have a scratch. The next day, I might have had a little tiny baby headache, <laughs> some whiplash. Yes. But um, I walked out of that, and that was right before I found out about my daughter. Like, right, that was literally, uh, yeah, no, that was, um, no, I actually, I knew, I started to know about my daughter. I just didn't see her yet. Right, right. So, I about her, but I didn't see, see her yet. Yeah. So what was it like yeah. the first time you got to see her? And what's your life been like since? Because, I mean, yeah. it's like a 180. Yeah, so, okay, so after that, and I remember thinking to myself, I literally thought to myself, I was like, okay, well, I'm here for a reason, and I thought of my daughter. I was like, I don't know her much yet, but I'm, but she's got to be the reason. She's definitely the reason why I'm here. This was this was literally like a year probably before I even, yeah, this was like when she was just starting. She was just born. She wasn't really even that old. I think she was a couple months old when that happened. Mm-hmm. So I just, like I said, I was just, I, that was like when I, yeah, I, I must've, I, I don't know. I feel like I knew about her cause I'm, I'm trying to take myself back there now. I knew, I knew, I knew partially about her. Like that was where she was starting. Like I'm starting to like, okay, maybe I do have a daughter. Maybe I don't. Um, that was right. That was right before I, um, I took the actual like initial leap and said like, Okay, I want to see if it's my daughter or not. Do you think, Kyle, that maybe you were afraid to find out because you really wanted it to be and you didn't want to be left out and abandoned again? Oh, I absolutely was afraid to be. No, I was afraid to be a father for real. I didn't think that I, I didn't. I was afraid to be a father. Absolutely. What about afraid? Maybe afraid not to be either. Like, yeah, do you know I, I don't yeah, know. To be the father that doesn't have a father. I can't speak for you. No, 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 yeah. no, no. I, I feel you. No, for real. Like. I was afraid that I wasn't going to be a good father. If mm. that makes sense. Like I was afraid, yes. like, like, um, yeah, just afraid. Cause that's, that's what holds me back in life. As I realize, like, I'm the type of person, like, I kind of have like two levels, like either I'll really half-ass stuff or I'll go hard. Mm-hmm. And I was like at the point in my life where I'm like, Oh, it's a responsibility. I'm not done living yet. Like I, you know what I'm saying? I didn't realize that I was going to actually start to really live when I was, became a father rather than mm, just, just kind of flow through life. So, um, yeah, so definitely that was, yeah, it was definitely a moment. So then, um, or then I, then, then, yeah, then I did DNA test. Yeah. I figured it out about my daughter. I left that job. I went and worked another job for like a month or two. And then I went to this other place and I was like working in the NFL, like putting tracks in and then, then like that, then by that time, court was like um, established. Like I was paying child support. Um, I was seeing my daughter every other weekend, and I could never like I tried to get a hold of her when I was out of town. Like I would um, message and stuff like, "Oh, she's sleeping. Oh, she's sleeping." Yada yada yada, you know. And um, so I never got to have that relationship with her. So I was like, "Man, this sucks." That it was it was really painful. And, you know, it was just really rough. So got involved in that relationship. So then I worked, then I worked another job and, um, you know, I was working out of Syracuse. I was working in the NFL. That's when I found my ex-girlfriend and she was like, 
she was like, you're soft, bro. Like, that's basically what she told me. She's like, you're soft and your daughter's mom walks all over you. That's literally how she, she was taught. And that's, then that, that was the truth of the matter. I was scared because, because at the time I, even the, like the little bit of seeing my daughter that I got to do, mm. like if I didn't do things perfectly how she wanted, I want to be able to see her. Yeah. You're trying to protect yourself too, right? Yeah. I want yes. I want to be able to see my daughter at all. So I had to like live by her terms, if that makes sense. I was living by her yeah, terms. Yeah. And you know, a lot of like, a lot of women do that, you yeah. know, it's, yes, absolutely. it's so true. I did a Facebook live video about this yesterday, actually. Um, I watched it. It was great. And there's a lot of dads out there, like 21, 21 dads a day kill themselves because of depression, because they don't get to see their children. For no good reason. Yeah. So, so like, I, I still wanted to see my daughter. I still like, I was just developing into a better dad, like in developing to the dad, because not having a dad, like you don't know, if you don't know how to be a dad, it's kind of hard. Yeah, if you don't have the example. And um, no. So Absolutely. So then my ex came in and I was watching her do things and she she was like you know, she was good with my daughter for the most part. And um, you know, so I was like, Okay, cool. And like she spent time with her and stuff like that. But I was still not happy. I was not in a good place at all. And um she she she's the one that, like I said, she pushed me. She's like, Don't let her walk all over you you know, you're the dad, step up, like, don't, don't let her walk all over you, like, file what you want too. like, out of, out of, you know, your daughter's life, so, long story short, um, we fought a little bit, uh, we fought for custody, um, then when Kennedy was, um, about, I think she was, like, almost two years old, yeah, she was almost two years old, um, after I started, I started getting her more, like I started getting her more. Her mom's like, um, her mom was going through some stuff, and she's like, "I'm not stable." Yada yada yada, and um, and then she would be stable again, and she would want her again. And I was like, Kennedy can't have that. Kennedy needs consistency. She needs security, right? She needs like stableness. Like she needs stableness. So we fought, and then we had like court, and we had like trial coming up, and yada yada yada, and then like a week before trial. Her, her lawyer calls me and is like, oh, she came to an agreement. She wants you to have what I what I had, like it, what I thought sucked, like every other weekend. She's like, she wanted every other weekend me to have primary and not her. So like it was like the whole wheels changed completely overnight. And she decided that. I was like, holy crap, this is real. Like, this is going to happen. And how did that make you feel? That was literally like, that was a pivotal moment in my life. Like, I was like, holy shit. If, wow. Like if, you know, I, that, yeah, I, I wish, I wish that it was more of me behind it, behind the wheel that made it happen. But I'm thankful that my ex made it happen. Like mate pushed me, you know? Because that, that brought me to where I am today as well. And I'm going to talk about that in a second. But yeah, so yeah, yeah, that then it became like that. And then the relationship, like it went downhill, like it went, it went bad. And it was just me as a complete single dad. Like I had to do it. Like I had to figure it out. And I'm still figuring it out. And it is not easy. 
Like it's not easy. And we're all, we're all figuring it out. Yeah. We're always figuring out life, but it is not easy being a single father. Like sometimes I'll have dad guilt. Like I'm not good enough. I don't do this good enough. I wish I could do this better. I wish I did this better. Then some days I'm like, man, I'm, but I'm just thankful I'm doing it better than that. Or I can, I'm doing it better than that. I'm thankful that I'm the dad, a dad that's actually doing it. So like, but you know what, Kyle, the best way to know and to feel how you're doing is to look at your kid. Yeah. When you look at her, you know, you're doing well. You do. Yes. Like, you know, you may question yourself and we all do that. And I'm not a single parent, so I can't speak for single parents and I have no idea how difficult it is. And I'm sure it's very difficult when, you know, it's just you making the decisions and, you know, everything, all the support and everything. But all you have to do is look at her. Yeah. You know, and you'll, you'll know, you'll know you're doing great. Yeah. Part, part of me, like, I just, I just thought of this too. Like I have light bulb moments sometimes because I'm a random person and I get randomly light bulb moments when I'm in, in, when I'm in deep conversations. So I'm like, part of me kind of resents a relationship because of what happened to my daughter. I don't want that to happen again. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, cause like she just up and abandoned, like left my daughter. Like my daughter looked at my girlfriend at the time as like a stepmom, Cause she didn't, her mom isn't like the best mother figure. And right. she looked at her as one. So now my daughter clings on to any, any um, females, women, like my neighbors and stuff. My daughter clings on to them because she gets sick of me. Like I'll be honest with you. She gets sick of hanging <laughs> out with me. She wants, but at least she has you, yeah. right? She has a strong man who's going to protect her. Oh, and at least I have her for sure. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. She keeps me in line sometimes. I'm going to be honest. One good parent is better than two non-existent. That's parents. true. That's true. So, um, yeah. So like, like I said, that, that brought me to where I am today. Like that brought me to what I do now and to why I left construction, why I left being bullied and being judged and have to fit in and live other people's lifestyles and live and live at other people's means and how you should live life based off of what other people think you have to live life. And yeah, so it brought me to like figuring out that I don't have to live life like that. <laughs> and um, so then I, was then I was in Florida two and two years and like three months ago I was three hundred and three pounds I was depressed I hated my life um, I was still at, at I was that was probably where the relationship started to fail because I maybe it was like the test like the last test to to the grandparents and the grandparents friends and is this man good enough or whatever or whatever I don't know I don't know because but I'm a deep thinker but um, <laughs> so I was in Florida I was three hundred pounds. Fort Myers, Florida. I was just starting to get into real estate. Like I took my um, practical exam because I didn't want to work for anybody anymore. I did not like being bullied in construction because I didn't drink because I got bullied all through my life. I didn't want that again. I didn't want to wake up, trade my, my, my time for the dollar signs. Good for you for saying enough is enough. Yeah, enough is enough. And um, I didn't realize that though. See, that's the crazy part is you don't realize things when they're happening. You realize... The, you get you you learn the lessons after you know like you learn a lot you learn why things happen the way they did after they happen so true. heat of the moment like not when it's happening you think like the life's tumbling down but really it's a blessing in disguise so well i got instruction i got laid off for the last time i was with my ex-girlfriend we were crying um i was crying i felt abandoned again 
I felt like I wasn't good enough because I got laid off from construction, but I just didn't fit in. But I do remember um, one of the bosses saying to me, he's like, he's like, for some reason he said this. He's like, a lot, he's like, some people, like a lot of people, they leave and this ain't the end, man. You can, there's something better for you out there. He said that to me for some reason and <laughs> he was right. <laughs> he just didn't know it yet. But one day I'm going to go up, go up to him and say it to him. But, um, so then I was like, I saw like a girl posted something on the internet. She posted like a fancy car, like 18 years old. I was like, oh, this is going to be easy. I'm going to, I'm going to do this. Cause I don't want to be a construction worker. Cause I don't want to fit in a, or I mean, um, a real estate agent. Cause I don't want to fit in again. I don't want to wear a suit. Cause I'm not the suit guy that wears suits all the time. I, like right now, yeah, like right now I'm outside without a shirt on and shorts. Yep. Just do you right Kyle. That's me. Yeah, that's me. So I do me. And, um, so I'm like, I didn't want, I didn't want to be construction or um, I keep on saying construction. I didn't want to be a real estate agent. Like I wanted to be, cause I wanted to, I saw money and this is crazy because a lot of people, a lot of people won't admit things in life, but I, I admit things cause I figure things out. Like in the middle of this conversation, I'm figuring things out. But, um, I, I saw money as like, my worthiness. Like I, I saw money as like, I'm going to be a real estate agent. I'm going to sell houses. I'm going to make money just for attention. I'm going to get people's attention. I'm going to be worth something. Now people are going to look at me. I'm going to be, I'm going to be somebody. I'm going to be worth something in life. I think a lot of people think that, but they're so far yeah. from the truth. And that is so far from the truth. And, um, and I didn't know that at the time either. Like I learned that as I went, <laughs> but so that's what originally why I went, I was going to be a real estate agent. And then that didn't happen. Cause I saw the picture on Facebook of some girl that was 18 with a fancy car. I do like this home based online business thing. I don't even know what the heck she said. I really don't remember, but I was just like, okay, cool. I'm going to do it when I get back. She's like, Oh, I heard that. She probably thought I heard that before. Cause you hear that a lot. <laughs> and <laughs> I literally didn't have a dollar to my name, but I didn't want to ask my girlfriend at the time because I was already feeling like a loser. I was 300 pounds. I didn't, I just got laid off. Didn't have a job. Wasn't bringing no income in. And she was basically like doing more for my daughter than I was at the time. So I sold a television for a kid. I gave my ex-girlfriend a hundred dollars and I said, I'm starting this thing. I'm gonna start this business. She's like, okay, cool. Whatever. And she got into it at first. Like I, I was like, well, okay, this is pretty cool. This is fun. Cause it reminded me of just selling weed. I didn't know that. <laughs> it reminded me of that. I was like, okay, cool. I can just same concept. <laughs> no. So yeah, obviously I failed a bunch of times. I failed, I failed, I failed. You know, like I just feel and I get knocked down, but I've been knocked down so much in life that, okay, what are you going to, like, now, now I have the mindset of like, when I get knocked down now, I'm not like, why me? I'm, I, I have like the Eric Thompson or the Eric Thomas, like, try me, like, don't, not why me, try me, like, try me. Like I've got it all thrown at me. So then I get back up. I failed. I went really hard at the, at the beginning. I was like, yeah making a few hundred dollars. I felt like, okay, now I'm starting to bring a little bit of money in. And then this is what happened in the relationship. My ex actually got, I think she got honestly like, and I'm humbly saying this, like, I think she got jealous. Like I was being happy. I found a passion. I found something I love. Like I was, I was happy about it. I was like, mm -hmm. and honestly, like 
and and I'm going to I'm going to admit it, but I was paying more attention to this than I was paying attention to her without even realizing that. And that's and that's what actually happens to a lot of relationships when people get into businesses right. um they 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 get a taste of a little bit of success, then they get hungrier and they just forget that they have to balance out life, that they have people that they that they have to love. They have, you know, a marriage or a relationship or whatever. you got friends That's still, you true. got family still, yeah. you got to pay attention to them a little bit. And I had my blind, my blindfolders on and I wasn't paying attention to that. So then our relationship went downhill. Then I, I quit. I, I didn't quit completely, but I stopped working my business, my online thing. And then I, I signed back up after we broke up. I was like, you know, I'm going to sign back up. I started driving Uber. I started driving mm -hmm. um, Lyft, DoorDash, but it wasn't my thing. Like, it was completely the opposite. Like, I was actually spending less time with my daughter. And then, then I was starting to realize, to learn to be a father. And I was like, I actually have to be there more for my daughter because when I was a kid, I didn't even, like I said, I didn't, don't even remember going out on a freaking dinner date with my, with my parents. Like, I don't even know what that's like. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, so I can't do that anymore. I was like up all night, just grinding, driving my car into the ground to make some money. Cause I was filling a void thinking money is going to, money is my worthiness. Like if I make money, I'm worth something. I'm worth, worth it all in life. Right. That's my ticket. Yeah. 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 That's what, that's what a lot of us feel. And, um, but luckily, luckily I am a freaking sponge and I always am willing to learn. And in life you have to be, the, the teacher and you have to be the student at all times you never know it all you never you never can learn enough you you have to be constantly feeding your mind and, and learning new stuff and um just you know just becoming more self-aware in life and that's what I got to work on like that relationship after it ended because of I got into this business and then then she blamed it all on the business that's why the relationship failed so I, I resented the business a little bit Mm -hmm. But I was like, but I wanted it. And, 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 and I was like dabbling and it stuck around, stuck around, stuck around. I did a little bit. I kind of wanted the, like the, um, the persona, like the, yeah, I'm a business owner, even though I wasn't doing shit in the business. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm a business owner. I just wanted people to think that I'm a cool business Something owner. to call your own. Right. And you yeah, weren't, I yeah. mean, you never gave up. You keep getting back up again. Yeah, exactly. So then fast forward to like august or a little bit yeah my daughter's birthday was august so like a little bit after my daughter's birthday in 2019 in this episode kyle talked about being knocked down to hear the rest of his story tune in next week for part two of two where kyle talks about why things happen for a reason how we change the cycle and he talks about his mentor ray higdon Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. If you enjoyed what you heard, please subscribe or leave a review. See you next week on the Giving Starts With You podcast.